We are in the middle. This is week, uh, week starting the second week, the eighth day of our 21-day challenge. And if you're thinking, I don't know anything about a, a challenge, one, you either forgot or you missed last week. And so we started a 21-day uh, belonging challenge. Because we, we, it's important that we understand where you belong. It's important to understand to whom you belong. And what does it mean to belong to God? What does it mean to belong? And what is that, how does that affect our life? And so the challenge is to build. And then one of the first challenges we, we gave last week was to build something in your life, increase something in your life. And we talked about 1 Corinthians chapter 3, about you can either build with uh, sort of wood and hay and stubble, which is uh, representative of any, anything that's just very temporal, or you can build with gold, silver, and precious jewels, which represents things that just keep going, that last for eternity. And I want to talk about that, but today I want to begin with, because it's sort of the theme, we, uh, you know, if you get a vaccine, evidently now that's never enough, you've got to get a booster. So we're going to have a booster. Here's our 21-day booster, okay? So about just to remind you, okay, what does it mean, what does it mean for me to really belong? Speaking of vaccine and, and such, do you know that feeling you get you're not sick, but you feel like, oh my goodness, something's not right. Maybe you're, you're a little bit tired, you're overwhelmed, you're a little bit irritable. How many get really irritable when you get, when you get sick? So don't raise your hand. <laughs> Just kidding. I hear people hate what I do. I, I, okay, anyway, I, I won't do a confession right now. But the point is, if, if there, is this, there is this moment that God sort of built up in our lives that is a, sort of a warning sign that says, hey, things aren't going right. You're, you don't have any energy, you're, you're, and, you're, and you might stop and you said, wait a minute, what is wrong with me? What is the matter with me? Many people might ask that question. But you say, what is the matter with me? What, what, what is it? Because you're not sick yet, but there's something in your, in your, uh, in your body that's telling you something's, something's not right. It's sort of a warning sign. It's a, it's, a, it's a malaise, that's what they call it. A, a, a malaise is, is a feeling of, of discomfort, of disquieted, of things that something's not quite right in our life. And so physically we have this malaise that says, uh-oh, you better watch out because something is, it, 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 it's, it's a warning signal. But I also believe that God gives us spiritual malaise. That we need to say, wait a minute, I'm heading the wrong direction, I'm making wrong decisions, I'm not doing what, what I need to do. And this spiritual malaise sort of creeps into us, and for the context of what we're talking about this morning, keeps us from building what God wants to do in our life. Keeps us from understanding the belonging that God has. So this morning I want to begin with our booster for our challenge for, to really understand what does it mean that I belong to God and I'm building something for God. I want to talk about breaking the spiritual malaise of the mundane. Breaking the spiritual malaise of the mundane. So we understand the malaise is, is this, there's, there's something not quite right. But the mundane, that's something that is ordinary. That is something that we live every single day. That's, the, that's, that's who we are. But you need to understand something. That God in the Bible talks about it. Ordinary people. Everyone is just ordinary people. And it's written for ordinary people 
to understand their extraordinary God. And that's, but, but we sometimes get trapped in the mundane of, of I'm doing this and I'm feeling this and I'm and sort of struggling with this. And this mundane overwhelms us and we think I can't really do anything. You know, if you read uh, ancient Greek history or literature, they, they have heroes. <laughs> and these heroes go out on adventures, and they go here and they're there, and it's all about the hero. It's all about who he is. Well, the Bible is just the opposite. It doesn't start with heroes. It starts with people just like you and me. It starts with ordinary people, sometimes even weak, inadequate failures of, in whatever they're doing, people. That somehow, and when they understand who they belong to, and what God is doing in their life transforms them into heroes. And that's easy to forget, because sometimes we read about these, these, these heroes and we, in, in, these, in the Bible, and we think, man, I want to be like that. I couldn't be like that. I couldn't do what Abraham did. I couldn't do what, what Joshua did. I, you know, man, that, I, or, or be Paul. How do, I, how do I do that? Forgetting how mundane they started, how simple they started. So... We have to break through the spiritual malaise that, is, that tries to keep us from understanding how, where we belong and what God wants to do. To be the hero. God wants you to be the hero in the middle of your mundane. In fact, God can make you a hero in the middle of your mundane. And you may say, how is that? How can God make me uh, uh, a hero in the middle of what I'm dealing with and what's going on? I love the story. It's one of my favorite stories of... The settlers, when they were coming in and claiming all the land. But this didn't happen in America. This happened, or North America, it happened up in, in the Canada area. And so what would happen is these, sailor, or these settlers would be given titles for this land, for whatever, whatever land. And they'd show up and they'd say, oh, this is my land. Of course, the Native Americans or North Americans, Canadians, whatever, that were, were there, were saying, uh, excuse me, we've been here, you know, just. This, this is our land. And they said, no, 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 this is our land. We have a title. <laughs> we have a title. Of course, they're looking at this piece of paper like, are you out of your mind? What, is, what, is it, what does that mean? There was one wise uh, chief that, was, that tried to understand all of this, and, and he gathered all the other leaders together, and they went to these settlers, and they, and, and they, he, they said, why do you think you have this land? And they said, because we have this title, we have this paper that says that this land is now belongs to us. And he says, so you think this land is yours? And, and they said, yes. And, they, and he says, well, if this land is yours, then tell me the stories of the land. Tell me the stories. What happened over there? What happened here? Tell me the stories of everything that, that went on. Because they were connected to the land. Because they have stories that have been there for years and years and years and years. They have stories that connect them to the land. You see, you have to have a story that connects you to Christ. What is your story? It's not good enough to say, I have a title. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I filled out this card and I gave my life to Christ you know, 45 years ago or... or 45 days ago, whatever, and I got this title that says now I'm a Christian. That's good, but you've got to have a story. What connects you to where you belong? What connects you to Christ? What is your story? And you have the stories are, are, are out there everywhere, and they're just ordinary stories. I, I remember when, 
when I was struggling with this and I didn't have enough finances and I, we, we prayed, God, we need it. And all of a sudden, God worked a miracle. I can give you story after story after story that connects us to where we belong. Do you have a story? Do you understand your story that connects you? You see, the Bible is full of very, very ordinary people that do extraordinary things. Now, we don't always see that because we think of Abraham, for example. Man, man of great faith. Wow, didn't he have faith? Wasn't he amazing? He was incredible. But if you read the early parts of Abraham, Abraham had a problem. He had a really hot wife. I mean, she was gorgeous, right? So he said, everyone's going to kill me because they're going to want you. You, Can you say Sarah was hot? I don't know. That's allowed. (laughs) Come on. So what did he do? He lied. He said, this this is my sister. So be nice to me because I'll, you know. And and not only did did he do that once, and that got him in trouble once, but twice. God had to come and physically rescue Abraham because he was being an idiot because he forgot to where he belonged. So that he had to work through those everyday mundane things. The spiritual malaise that comes in there. And you say, God, I'm believing for this. And this isn't working out right. And this is hard. And this is, I don't like this. And all of a sudden the mundane starts to come in and starts pushing us down and pushing us down. We talked about last week, as I said, that we, we and as we were singing a, the great song about we, we stand on a firm foundation. Where are you building? How are you building on this foundation? 1 Corinthians chapter 3. You're building with good stuff and that will last. You're building with stuff that is gonna, that's going to fall away. But in, in, in both of that settings, in understanding that in 1 Corinthians, it says, look, if you're going to build, here's the point. Here's the point. Build with care. Are you careful about what your story is? Are you careful about what you're building on this platform? We're all going to build something. In fact, you're building something. In fact, you built something last week on this foundation. If, you, if, your life, if you've given your life to Christ, you built something. Is it going to last? Is it good? You see, it's so easy sometimes to look at the mundane, and the mundane convinces us it doesn't matter what I build. It doesn't matter what this is. It is either we get trapped in this false theology of, of fate so it doesn't matter what we do or, or it, it's nothing's going to change. The mundane is what it is. I want us to look this morning at a, a man that was a very simple, very ordinary man but became an incredible prophet. His name was Haggai. Now Haggai was a prophet during the Ezra Nehemiah time when they were coming back from Israel. I mean, they're coming back from uh, Babylon from being captive, and all the people came down, and God said, I want you to build my temple, rebuild the temple, which was destroyed when they, uh, the enemy first came in and took them all captive, right? So now it's been about 70 years, they come back, and they start to rebuild the temple. And Haggai is, is a prophet that's helping them do that. But in the middle of it, all of a sudden they get, because they, they had permission to rebuild. Then they get, permit, then they get a notice that says, you've got to stop building. And then it says you can build. And then it says you've got to stop building. <laughs> and so they just, they just sort of threw their hands up. And they were given money. They were given uh, things, nice, nice wood and such like that to rebuild the temple. But what happened when they stopped and they didn't start back up and they didn't say they could build, time just sort of went on. And things moved into the ordinary, into the mundane. And they just 
didn't build at all. But now they had had permission to build again, but they weren't building. They weren't doing anything. So Haggai comes and he asks them after they had stopped uh, and, 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 and weren't really going anywhere and ask him a real important question. And here's my first thought I want you to think about. See, spiritual malaise in your life happens when your priorities in life focuses on the mundane. In fact, that's all you see. When you can only see the mundane, when you can only see the, the ordinary, the this is my life, this is what I do, I get up in the morning, I go to work, I come home, I don't like work, you know, I have a wife, I don't like my wife, or whatever, no, you don't want to do that. Whatever, you know, I'm telling you, you feel this mundane, it starts to creep in in your life. And how do you overcome that? And so Haggai comes to the people and says, hey, let me ask you this very simple question. It's an uncomfortable question. God will never ask uncomfortable questions for you, right? But he does to the children of Israel here, and I think he does to us. He says, your house that you're building, is it time for you to build your house or is it time to build God's house, the temple? Because you see what they were doing is that the material they were supposed to use for the temple, they were using for their own houses. So he says, you tell me, is, what, is it time for you to build just your own house or is it time to build God's house? And the picture for us and what we need to step into this morning is to look at this and say, you know what? What is God really saying about our life? About are we focusing on the right priority? Are we focusing on where God wants us to be? You see, they had given up. They had just gone on with their lives and they'd given up on building because it didn't work out. And it's so easy to do that, people. It's so easy to say, well, that didn't work out. Well, I prayed for that, or I tried that, and that didn't work out, and that's not going to work out. So you give up on the dream, on the promise, on the hope, on the desire that you're believing for. You just sort of set that aside, and you think, okay, I'm just going to just go on with my life. You see, I don't think these people were being greedy. I don't think they were just saying, I'm going to take all the stuff that was meant for God's house, and I'm going to... It wasn't really about that. It was more of about they had just fallen into this malaise of the mundane where they had just stopped building the right priorities and they were building their own priorities. You see, the question that I think God wants to ask us is where are you putting your energy? See, this is a booster, okay? I need to build an understanding of where I belong and, and how God belongs in my life and what's my story. I need to invest in that. I need to do that. And it, so it's easy, all of a sudden you think, you know, I'm investing in this and it, it's not really working out. Are you building the mundane or are you building the majestic? Because God has the majestic for every one of you. No matter what you're dealing with, no matter what your life is, God has the majestic in your life and for your life. You don't see it because you say, I'm an ordinary person doing ordinary things and this is an ordinary life, mundane. And yet God says, I have something bigger, something greater, something amazing for you. Things that will change everything if you're just willing to trust me. You see, things hadn't gone well for Israel. Everything they did was falling apart. They would plant the crop, the crop wouldn't come. They'd, they'd have a vineyard and the vineyard wouldn't produce. And so because of that, they all of a sudden just put all their hopes aside. They just gave up. And the, the malaise of the mundane can do that to us. I, I believe in, I want to see this miracle. I'm asking God to do this and it's not happening so 
Maybe I should just focus on what I want to focus on. Jesus had a similar story. He talked about a very wealthy man who had a great, great crop, and it was so amazing that he said, I'm going to put it all in his barn, and he didn't have enough room. So he said, I'm going to, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to build bigger barns, and bigger barns, and more barns, and more barns, and just keep stuffing it in there, stuffing it in there. And there's nothing wrong with that. You've got to understand. Jesus' point wasn't that you're not supposed to have barns, or you're not supposed to have a, a lot in your barn. No, that wasn't the point. The point is, what are you doing with it? Because... All of a sudden, he died, and his soul was required of God, and, and it says, okay, then now what, what are you going to do with all that grain? <laughs> it's just going to die in the barn. It's just going to rot in the barn because you, you had the wrong priorities. You didn't have the right priorities. The question for us is, where are you putting your seed? Where are you putting your grain? Is it in the hope, God, you're going to do this? Is it in the faith, God, you're going to turn this around? Is it in those things that you're saying, God, I'm going to trust you for this? God, I know somehow, some way, you're going to take this and you're going to turn this around. Is, is that what you're doing? Is, is, are you building those eternal stories? Or are you saying, well, whatever. I'll live my life. I'll go to church. I'll smile at people. God has so much more. Titus 1-2, it says that we have a hope of eternal life. You have a hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promises. You have a hope. You have something better. You have a, not just a, a course to the mundane, you have a course to the majestic of what God's trying to do for your life. <laughs> you know what? It's so important to understand that God has so much more if we're willing to just trust Him. You know, the question that we deal with a lot of time. It's not that we're just saying no to God. We're just saying no to His timing. When we struggle with the fact that things haven't happened, <laughs> that things haven't turned around, we're struggling with, with that fact, then all of a sudden, it's not that we're saying, God, I hate you, God, I don't want you. We're just saying, God, your timing is wrong. Your timing is off. And that's what we struggle with. Why hasn't God done this yet? Why hasn't God turned this around? Why isn't that miracle I'm not there? Why is it not happening? And God's moving all the time. Because when you build eternally and you build with with uh as corinthians says with gold and and jewels and precious stones and that's getting built up it will last forever it will it will change eternity with the people and the and the things that you're touching around you hey yeah i told the people looked at him in chapter one verse five he said now this is what the lord says same thing as corinthians same thing as jesus was saying Give careful thought to your way. Give careful thought to how are you building. How are you building? You see, spiritual malaise causes us to lose his priority. We have our own priority, but it causes us to lose what he's trying to do and what he's trying to work in our life. And, 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 and when we step back and say, God, I, I'm going to do your priority, whatever, whatever that is, and I can't even tell you what that is, except that whatever you're doing, whatever it is, it has to be eternal. It has to have eternal co uh, consequences, and not, just, and not just now. Does this mean that God doesn't want us to do anything temporal? No, no, no. But everything that we're doing has to have eternal consequences. It affects even the temporal things around us. Because you see, spiritual malaise is not only about priority, but spiritual malaise is when the potential of what we see is lost for a building. The potential, in other words, 
The priority is there, maybe, but we don't see the potential. We don't see, God, it's just a big platform. <laughs> it's, it's just a big foundation, or I see a little rock there. Or I don't really see anything. We don't see the, the potential of what was going on. You see, what happened is Haggai motivated them, and they brought all their stuff in. They built the temple, built the foundation, laid the foundation. And when they did, they looked around and they thought, this is it? <laughs> okay. You ever felt that way? You ever felt that way? God, this is what you're doing? This, this is it? This is, this is it? You ever felt like, come on, God, really? That's what they did. They looked at that temple and they said, this is so small compared to the temple that Solomon built. It's just it, totally inadequate and it's not going to do anything and it, it's, it's not near as big. And they were all wailing and weeping and crying because they just saw it as so much less. We see, this is what we need to understand, what God does and the, the restrictions that we have and the size that we have cannot constrain the glory of God. It cannot change the potential. And so often the reason we fall into the spiritual malaise of the mundane is we just say, this, this is all I have, God. It's just a small amount. What could God do with such a small amount? <laughs> what can God do with my life? What can God do with my life, with my relationship, with my family, with my business, with my finances? What could God do? It's just a small thing. What, what could God do? And all of a sudden, we get to this point where we're thinking, I, I don't see any point. That's what causes the malaise. I don't see any point in trying because it, you lose sight of the potential. Heck yeah, I had such a great word. I wish I could spend more time talking about it. In chapter 2, he's basically, it was a prophetic word about Christ and coming, Christ coming. But he says in chapter 2, verse 9, he says that the glory of this present house, you've got to get this. You've got to take this as a word for what God is telling you this morning. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house. What God is doing now is going to be so much bigger and greater than what he ever did before in your life. Man, you got to hang on to that. <laughs> you got to just go, okay, I'll take that one. God, what you're going to do, what you can do, even though it seems like I'm getting smaller, even though it seems like I did this then and now it's just really small here, the glory of what God can do is so much greater. And this is seen as, as a, a prophetic word of Christ coming. And the glory that and you can think, well, wait a minute, was that true? Did was the glory in this second temple so much uh, greater than, than the first? But it, I don't even think it's talking about just about this second temple. It was talking about this temple. <laughs> you see, we've gone from this temple of Solomon where that God dwelled all the way down to this one. How mundane. How ordinary. How simple. And yet, this is the temple where Christ this is the temple the Holy Spirit is in us to change the world because it is small and feels inadequate as we are just one, but we are not just one. We are a great body of all together, uh, universally even across this world, and this is, the, this is the dwelling that God will use to change the world. So much greater, so much greater. Greater potential. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says, and we all, every one of us, who with the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory. More, more. That's what God does. That's what always God does. We don't always see it. 
We see the mundane, we see the ordinary, we see the inadequate, we see the failure, we see the sin that we've had, we see the things that we're struggling with, we see the brokenness of our life, of our family, of everything, and we just think, I can't do this. But the Bible tells us that the glory of God that within inside of us is, is transforming us into His image, into ever-increasing glory. That's what God's doing. That's what, you have to realize the incredible potential that God is is in you, not your potential, because we're ordinary, right? We're the ones saying, yeah, that's my sister, because I'm afraid. The father of our faith, that was righteousness was reckoned to him because of his incredible faith, this man was filled with fear, very ordinary. But God kept pouring into him and using him, and he stood in faith, and so he will with you. So we will in your life, in your family, in your struggles, in what is going on. Do you realize, do you understand the incredible, incredible grace that God has done to pour into us? And you see, that's the only way, that's the only way we're going to understand what is the story that's connected to my life in Christ. What are those stories? Well, those stories are going to be an amazing story and go from fear stories to faith stories when I begin to understand the potential is not me. Potential is Him. Potential is Christ. And that potential, that ever-increasing glory is in you. Wow. You can do anything in Him. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, who enables me, who is ever-increasing. You see, spiritual malaise is when the promise of what God is going to do is not risked. It's not activated. The promise is true. God's promise is true. It is true. It is just, it's there. You know, God can do, you, you ever thought that God can do what he, what, he, what he wants to do and God's big enough, he can do this, but, but how does this involve me? Okay. Because the promise God's given you, the things that God is speaking into your life, the things that God wants to do in your life haven't been activated, haven't been, have to be risked. Have to be stepped out. Have, have to be, God, I know your promise is there, but I'm going to hang on to that promise. And when you say, I believe, you know what I believe means? I am activating, you know, so they get these the, the credit cards or whatever, you know, that have money on them. They're not any good until you activate them, right? They're just a piece of card that doesn't do anything. But you activate it, and all of a sudden, you can go out and buy stuff. You can buy that steak dinner. Come on, somebody, you know. You, you, can, you can get what, you, what you're looking for. Well, if you understand what I'm saying, when you activate the faith, the promise, then everything, everything changes. It seems like sometimes that we're not bearing the fruit, and that's exactly what was happening. The, it, the people that we had rebuilt the temple... Haggai was saying, come on, come on, there's such potential. Come on, come on, you got to know, you got to know. And, and they're just saying, you know what, we tried. I tried, I tried. But that didn't change, that didn't happen, that's not going to be there. Just, and you just sort of lay down. I did my best, I did what I could, but it's, but, it, but, it, but it's not really doing anything. But you see, when you activate that promise, it changes everything. Haggai looks at the people and tells them in chapter 3, verse 19, it says, From this day on, 
I know your grain didn't produce, and I know the vine didn't produce, and I know this is struggling, but from this day on, from here, you've got to know if you're willing to activate this promise, if you're willing to step into it and say, God, I'm going to trust you. God, this is where I belong. God, I want to build stories that turn lives around, that, that, that connect me to who you are, where I belong to Christ because of what you're doing in my life. From this day forward, I will bless you. God said that. All they had to do was activate it. And you know what? That's what God is telling you. If you activate it by faith, if you're willing to hang on to that promise, and, and, and the question is, how much faith do you have left? Hmm. How much dream do you have left? What, what, what's left? Because you see, they didn't have much in their barn anymore. <laughs> they only had a little bit, and God said, you trust me with that. Trust me with that dream. Trust me with that hope. Trust me with that promise. You trust me, you believe in, and I will bless you, I will move in your life if you're willing to just stay. This is all we got. It's all I have, God. I'm going to trust you with you. Don't, don't let the grain, the seed, the promise, the hope, the vision. Don't get lost in the metaphor. You understand what I'm saying? Don't, don't let that die in the barn. Don't let it. Don't. It's, it, it's, it needs to be kept in the barn, but eventually it's got to come out and be planted. <laughs> right? You've you got you to risk it. You've got to take that seed. They didn't want to risk the seed. That was the issue. Because everything else had fallen, everything else had not done anything. And now Agai says, go out there, get that seed that's in the barn, and put it in the soil. Step out in faith, trust God, because His promise is true. His promise is true. See, we've got to trust God. We've got to build the story with it. Don't be, don't be Noah without the ark. <laughs> Noah built the ark. Who's Noah? If there's no ark. What kind of story is Noah? We're not teaching about him in, in the kids' church. But because he built the ark, Noah has an ark. Don't be Abraham without Isaac. If it was just a, he had a really gorgeous wife, then yeah, it's like, whatever. But he, he believed. God said, do this. Trust me. He believed. He risked Isaac. Don't be Abraham without Isaac. Don't be David without the five smooth stones. David had to pick up the stones. <laughs> There's a huge giant, and I know God's going to kill him, but I'm going to get these stones so that God has something to kill him with. Come on. And he put him in the sling. Don't be David without the stones. Don't be Solomon without the temple. He built the temple. The incredible, it, it established the, 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 the whole idea that God wants to dwell with us. Don't be Nehemiah without the walls. He built the walls around Jerusalem. Come on. Build something. Trust God. Believe. Risk, risk it. Don't be Peter without the confession. The confession. You are the Christ. You are the Son of the living God. I believe that. And sometimes you're going to have to just say, I got a confession. I got nothing else. I got no hope. It's not working out. But I got a confession. You are Christ. And you're going to turn this around. You are the Son of the living God. And you can change my life. You can heal my body. You can move in my family. You can touch my finances. You can move in my business. Whatever it is, God, I believe. You can make me the witness. You can make me the man of God or the woman of God that, that makes all the difference. Don't be Peter without the confession. Don't be Paul without meeting Christ on the road. It hears a voice out of heaven that says, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. Don't, don't, don't be Saul who becomes Paul. 
without that encounter. You have to know Christ in your life. Don't be John on the island when heaven opens up. Don't be John without the vision. Don't be John without the vision. What is God giving you? Ordinary people who risk the promise. You and me. Ordinary people. Let's, let's break through this spiritual malaise of the mundane. See, we don't feel it, do we? I'm an extraordinary person because of what Christ is in me. What Christ is doing in me. We don't sense that. We don't feel that. And, and so we just think it's just ordinary. But if you're going to believe for miracles, you have to understand the enormous potential of what God is trying to do in your life. If you're going to believe that God can touch your family, God can turn things around, God can move in your, in your life, and God can use you in ministry or whatever it is, if you're going to believe for that, you're going to have to believe and understand the potential of, 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 of what God's trying to do. Prioritize. Make sure you're building the right stuff. <laughs> potential, see that potential, come on, see the potential, and understand the promise. God is a faithful God. If you, if you missed everything else, if you just fell asleep, you just woke up, just remember this, God's a faithful God. I know that's never going to be the case here, but God is a faithful God. This promise is true. Do you receive the word this morning? Come on, give God thanks. Father, I, I love you so much. God, I know the potential of you in every single person here. Such amazing potential to do and to, and to build incredible uh, structures on the foundation of Jesus Christ. But God, it's all about the structure. And it's all about the foundation. So Lord, I pray for every single person here. And every single person in the sound of my voice, watching maybe online, God, whatever it is, God, that they know the foundation that they stand, that it's all about Jesus Christ and their open heart to Him. Not doing their own things, building their own things, but God, just doing what You want us to do. And God, I pray for that. God, I pray if there's anyone here that hasn't given their life completely to You, that they would do this right now. And simply say, God, forgive me. Come into my life. I receive you in my heart. And I want to serve you with all that I am. God, I pray for that. God, I pray that, that the potential of who you are, of what you are to us, Christ in us, God, would change everything about us. Our priorities, understanding the potential, understanding the amazing promise of your love, of your faithfulness. God, I pray for that. God, I give you thanks for that. In the name of Jesus, amen.